Hi, my name is Barb Nangle. I'm the founder of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery. This is episode 54, Improving Your Relationships. One of the most amazing benefits of my recovery is the improvement of my relationships with other humans. In some cases, that's meant relationships that I've had all along and that are better. But in most cases, it means that the new relationships that I've formed since I've been in recovery are qualitatively better than anything I've ever experienced. And my romantic relationship is a perfect example of that. I'm 57 years old, and for the first time in my entire life, I'm in a very healthy, loving, committed relationship with someone that I absolutely adore, who absolutely adores me, and we both really like and love each other. We enjoy each other's company. We very much look forward to being with each other, and we have true intimacy. We share deeply with each other. We've both talked about how neither one of us has ever felt this close to another human being before. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know that this kind of relationship was possible. This time during quarantine can be particularly stressful on relationships, whether it's because you're living in close quarters with other people or because you're only relating to people on the phone or through a computer and there's no in-person community. It's really important to make sure that you're relating as skillfully as possible to other people. So I hope these pointers that I'm going to give on this episode will help to improve your relationships, whether they're romantic, family, friendships, colleagues, or other people in recovery. If you're paying attention to the rules I'm about to share, it's really going to help you improve your relationships. I'm going to borrow some rules about relationships from the book by David J. Lieberman that's called Make Peace with Anyone. He has a chapter called The Nine Rules to Drastically Improve Any Relationship of Any Kind. I'm going to use his nine rules as a framework, but then I'll talk about what they look like in my life. It's one thing to hear, follow this rule, and it's another thing entirely to hear what that looks like in someone's life. So first I'm going to list what those nine rules are, then I'm going to go back one by one and talk about each rule and what it looks like in my life in my life or, you know, sort of what I think about that. Rule number 1, show genuine enthusiasm when you greet the person. 2, show respect. 3, be supportive. 4, give them the benefit of the doubt. 5, let them know you appreciate them. Six, let give them the chance to contribute to your life. Seven, wait 24 hours if the person does something that angers you. Eight, talk about what is bothering you. And rule nine, share yourself and open up a bit with this person. Number one is show genuine enthusiasm when you greet them. I can tell you that this is exactly how my sweetheart and I greet each other. When he's coming to my place or I'm coming to his place, one of the things that we sort of fell into doing is that when we arrive, we call each other Romeo and Juliet. So when I get to his place, I say, Romeo, I'm here. And he'll respond with Juliet. Or when he comes to my place, he'll say, Juliet, when he comes in the door. 
And this came from the fact that in the beginning, when we started dating, he referred to what we were doing as Romeo and Julietting. And this is just one little way that we remind ourselves and each other that we're lovers and we're excited to see each other. He also breaks into a huge smile the moment he sees me. And I do the same, even if I wasn't feeling too great before we got together. When I see his genuine smile, of course I smile back. Who doesn't want to be smiled at? And I also bust into a huge grin when I see him because I still can't believe I get to have this amazing man in my life. When you greet someone with genuine enthusiasm, they're going to have an enormous amount of appreciation. And that's especially so if they're in a bad mood. It's going to make them feel better. Rule number two, show respect. Now, this can mean a lot of different things, including don't criticize people harshly and especially don't criticize people in front of other people. You want to show reverence when you're talking about the person when they're not in your present, in, in, when you're not in their presence. The history of every relationship I had before this one was that when it came to me and many of my women friends, we would sit around and bitch about our partners. Every once in a while, I'd have a woman friend who didn't do that. And I always wondered how she was able to keep all that stuff to herself, never thinking, oh, maybe she has good boundaries or maybe she's respectful of her partner or maybe she communicates directly with her partner when she has an issue with them so that she doesn't feel the need to complain to other people. So I've actually learned to directly communicate with my partner and don't talk bad about him with other people. I've also learned from recovery that that was a way that I got to blame other people for my problems. So now, because I communicate directly with my partner when something bothers me, I don't feel the need to vent. Another way that you can show respect to somebody is to give them your full attention when they're talking to you. If you're not able to give them your full attention in the moment, you can say, listen, I really want to hear what you have to say, but I'm feeling distracted right now. Can you come back in 10 minutes or, you know, whatever it is that you need to do. But you want to let them know that you really want to hear what they have to say so that you can give them your full attention. And when you can't, you just say so, but give them another time. Rule number three. Be supportive. This is especially important when someone is feeling down or when they've made a mistake. You want to reassure them if they've made a mistake that everybody makes mistakes. It's just part of being human. And if they're beating themselves up for making mistakes, you want to help them cut themselves some slack by saying, don't be so fucking hard on yourself. You want to make sure that they know that you're on their side. I've heard it said in recovery, would you rather be happy or would you rather be right? And I remember the first time I heard this, which was many years before recovery, I was like, uh, I'd way rather be right than happy. And now I realize that wanting to be right means my ego is in charge, which is never good. And that the quality of my relationships are much more important than being right. Especially if it's going to put me and the other person into an adversarial situation. In terms of being on their side, I'm really clear that my sweetheart 
and I make a really good team. We're on the same side. We're on the same team. The first time that I really noticed this was when we went away together for the first time and we traveled really well together. And I actually said, hey, we travel really well together. You're a great traveling companion. We work really well together as a team. And then I started seeing it in other places and I make sure to let him know I feel like we're a good team. We have each other's backs. We really support each other. He does things for me and I do things for him. And I don't try to fix his problems when he shares them with me. And I ask him if he wants help, if I feel like I really can be helpful. And then I respect his answer. Rule number four, give them the benefit of the doubt. The way I think of this is assume the best of intentions on the part of the other person. If you don't know why they did something, don't go making up a story because you're probably going to be wrong. Instead, ask them. Maybe say, hey, I'm not sure what to make of that. Or what did you mean by that? Or I'm having a hard time understanding why you did that. Can you fill me in on what was happening? You want to make sure, whatever you say, that you don't do it in in an accusatory fashion because you don't want to put them on the defensive. This leaves room for them to respond openly. And if it turns out that they actually did have not the best of intentions, the way you handle this is really going to shape the way they act in the future if you've given them the benefit of the doubt and acted maturely with them. They're going to be a little bit more mindful the next time that something like that comes up again. The next one is number five. Let them know that you appreciate them. As the author says, one nice word in the bank is worth 100 afterwards. My sweetheart does all kinds of little things for me. And I tell him all the time, oh my God, you are so good to me. He'll make me a cup of tea and bring it to me in bed. He created and maintains gardens outside my condo for me. When I'm cold, he'll build me a fire. This is reinforcing him for doing something nice. And when you reinforce positive behavior, it's infinitely more powerful than criticizing someone for doing something wrong. Even if it's just the tiniest little thing that they've done right, make sure to show your appreciation and make sure you're not taking them for granted. Say Thank you. I think this is especially true when people we've known for a long time and we fall into these patterns. We might think they know I appreciate them, but when you say it, they'll know for sure. I'm reminded of a Japanese proverb, which is one kind word can warm three winters. I love that quote. Rule number six, give them a chance to contribute to your life. Let them invest in you. Ask for advice. Ask for input. If we allow others to give to us, it makes them feel like they matter. And who doesn't want to feel like they matter? I ask for my sweetheart's advice 
on a pretty regular basis because he thinks really differently than I do. And I like to get other perspectives. It doesn't mean that I'm always going to follow his advice, but I do seek his input on things. And this is especially true if they affect him or our relationship. I'm letting him know that he matters to me. His opinion matters to me. Number seven, wait 24 hours when you're angered by the other person. This is mindful of the line from the big book that says, pause when agitated. I will tell you right now, pausing is my number one tool of recovery. I talk about it extensively in one of my earliest episodes called My Tools of Recovery, number one, pausing. I wasn't able to pause in the beginning. When I heard that saying, I was like, yeah, great idea. How the fuck am I supposed to remember to do that? And it took time for me to be able to do it. But now it's my number one tool. And I don't always pause for 24 hours. But if somebody that you care about has really done something distressing to you, if you wait 24 hours, your perspective is really going to change. After 24 hours, if you still decide you want to say something, whatever it is you say is going to be much more balanced in terms of your communication because it's not going to come out all heated if you've paused. Number eight, talk about what's bothering you. This has been huge for me. In my previous relationships, I didn't talk about what was bothering me. I would bury it. And it would be kind of like I was putting something in between me and the other person. And I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it, which eventually built a wall that got thicker and taller. And eventually there was a gigantic wall between us. It's much better to talk about something right when it happens or as soon as possible afterward. If you're in public, it's not a good idea to talk about it right then, but as soon afterwards as possible is best. I used to always wait for the right moment. Well, the right moment never came. It never presented yourself. So talk about whatever it is as soon as possible so that it doesn't fester and cause more serious problems. At the same time, you want to make sure that you're only bringing up things that are truly troubling. You don't want to nitpick the person by constantly bringing up things that bother you. When you let the other person know when things bother you, they trust that you're going to tell them something is going on. My partner doesn't ever have to ask me if something is bothering me because he knows that when something bothers me, I will bring it up. And I feel the same way about him. He's going to tell me. And I also know he's going to be gentle with me when that happens. The last rule is number nine, share yourself and open up. This is something I was terrible at in the past. I would give too much information about stuff that people didn't want to hear about. But then when it came to important things like my emotions or my fears, I simply wasn't able to do that. Over time, you'll have to learn to be vulnerable in some respects and let people in If you never let them in, they're not going to stick around, at least not in a meaningful way. But you don't want to open up immediately. You do it over time and slowly. You need to open up to people because once they get to know you better and they know how you tick, they're much more likely to be able to empathize with you and let stuff slide if you do something like a jerk because they really know you and they can give you the benefit of the doubt. 
This has helped me tremendously in my relationship with my sweetheart. I just shared recently, I think it might have been on the last episode, that I got upset on the drive to his place and that as soon as I got there, I told him that I was really feeling upset and that meant I could let go of those feelings because I expressed them and he was there for me and he feels important when he can be a safe harbor for me. And I feel important when I can be a safe harbor for him. So if you want to improve your relationships with others, no matter who they are, try these rules. We all want a safe harbor. And it starts with you, not them, but you. So go, go and be a safe harbor for someone. Namaste. That's it for today. If you like what you've heard here, then you just might be interested in private coaching with me. If that sounds like you, head on over to my website, which is higherpowercoachingandconsulting.com and click on the contact menu. I'd be happy to schedule a consultation with you to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep lasting changes in my life. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change, but I'll coach anyone who wants to be happy, joyous, and free. So if that's you, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe so you can be sure to get future episodes of my podcast. Thanks again.